0: Let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. We want to continue on this that we've been on, uh, keys to manifestation. And uh, the first key to manifestation was, remember, be thankful. Everybody say out loud, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The second key was, say, uh, was uh, rejoicing. Amen. So it's hard to tell your neighbor, look, I'm rejoicing, so just take a moment and rejoice. Really Amen. And the third key that we're going to deal with today is to be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. The Lord said to us concerning 2020, He said, in 2020 look for a manifestation of the Word in your life as never seen before. He said, look for things to occur quicker than before. And folks, they are. They are happening faster. I've never seen things turn so quick, ever. And I've been doing this a long time, Uh, not as long as some, longer than others, but I'm telling you, things are happening quicker than ever. And uh, he said, as an emphasis is placed on my word and what I've... Notice he didn't say just what I've said in my word. He said what I've promised in my word. What I've promised in my word. Something that I really centered up on was, you know, God has promised us houses. Amen? I mean, if you need a house, this is your year. I mean that. Hallelujah. It's it's not just about the house. It's about centering up on the things He promised in His Word. If you need wholeness physically, this is your year. Or more finances, or restoration, or whatever it is. He said it is the year of expectation, manifestation, and what? Transformation. transformation. So you expect, you, the, the, the manifestation is your expectation that results in transformation. Amen. And so you're going to look back on certain areas of your life after this year and it's going to be totally transformed. Amen. But he said there were keys to it. He said, 2018 would be a year of the manifestation of your expectation. And you remember the first few messages that I taught on this, he said that uh, uh, the Lord told me to look at the number 20, and I looked at the number 20, and I thought it was interesting that number 20 is the number of expectation. And he said to me, he said, so what year are you entering into? I said, 2020. He said, so double it. Amen. Whatever you're expecting, double up. Amen. Right? Right? Amen. So don't just expect your finances to get better. Expect to come out of debt. Don't just expect to feel better. Expect to be healed. Don't just expect to quit arguing. Expect to have a marriage made in heaven. Right? Amen. Don't just expect your spiritual life to be good. Expect it to go out the roof. It's better than it's ever been. Because we're doubling up. Amen. And he gave us the scriptures. I don't have time to get into them. But you'll remember uh, in the book of Job, uh, chapter 42. And let's, let's remind all of us that Job was under, uh, 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 and Job was a, a contemporary of Abraham. We don't have any knowledge that he knew Abraham or knew of Abraham's covenant, but we do know he knew God. And God had blessed him. Who blessed him? And God had blessed him so much that in the first chapter of Job, what do we read? That Job was the richest man in the east. The the what man? Why? Because God had, right? And you remember the enemy attacked him and stole from him. Right? So he went through a hard time. 12 to 13 months of the hardest year anybody's ever saw. You think you're having a hard year. Read Job. Right? But in Job chapter 42, what does it say? And the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. Is that right? And that the Lord restored unto Job double what had been taken from him. So he was the richest man in the whole eastern part of the country. And at the end of that year or nine months, however long it was, he now was the richest man double. Right? Amen. The book of Zechariah says for your, for your uh, imprisonment, for the things the enemy has brought on you, and he says, for those years you lived in shame. Anybody in here lived in shame anytime? time? Anybody? You know what the Bible says? For your shame, you'll have double. Hallelujah. Whoo! Hallelujah. I'm not even preaching on double this morning. But that's what we can expect. Double. Double up. Whatever it is, double up. Why? Because if you double your expectation, you'll double your manifestation. Mm. Oh, glory. Lord, let me move away from that. I'll preach right there. (laughs) There are things the Spirit wants to lead us into. Uh, Manifestations that the Spirit wants to lead us into. The Lord said to me one day, I was coming down... Uh, We lived in Olathe and I was coming down the steps and and stepped off off the steps onto the landing. And he said to me, if you want to get ahead, be led. And he he even gave us a song about that. If you want to get ahead, be led. Romans 8 and 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. We could say it this way, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. The Greek tense is this, that these and only these are led by the Spirit of God. So in other words, we have the capability as people of God to be led by the Spirit of God. And it's only us. The world doesn't have that option unless they become sons of God, children of God. Amen? Amen. The Wootz Bible says, as many as are being, here's the word, constantly led by God's Spirit. These are the sons of God. So we get from this verse that we're supposed to be constantly led. Why? Because there's things He wants to lead us into. Manifestations that He wants us led into. The enemy fights to clutter your mind so much to stop the leading. Because so many people, believers included, are led from their head. Pastor Michelle made mention in that clip we had that there are people who say... Well, that's got to be God. Look at what a good deal it is. No. There's not a scripture that says, Thus saith the Lord, be led by the good deal. That's just too good of an opportunity to pass up. No, it's not. There's never too good of an opportunity to pass up if you're not led to take it. And then there are people who say, Well, I don't need to be led to, to do certain things. Well, you're right. If I go out to the airport to fly up here from Little Rock, amen and there's an inch of ice on the airplane wing and ice is falling I don't need to be led not to go what do I need to be led to do to go if the head says this is not safe but yet the Spirit's saying go right I I, are you following me there are things I don't need to be led not to do I need a leading to do something not to not do something You ever heard this saying, you know, when you're crossing the street as a pedestrian? Well, you know, the pedestrian's got the right-of-way. In the crosswalk, and when the sign says walk. Is that right? If you step out there, as a matter of fact, they used to give you a ticket for it. It's called jaywalking. Right? Not jayhawking, jaywalking. We were jayhawking yesterday. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't don't need to be led not to do something. But when something comes up, oh, that's just too good of an opportunity. I mean, how can I pass that up? You need to check here. If you're led to pass it up, walk away. Why? Because God, listen, don't settle for what looks good to the head, when God's trying to get you into something that you have to be led into, Amen. you know when Scripture says this: "My thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not what your ways, because my ways are higher than yours." Right. That means if I can think it up, it's probably not God. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor if you want to get ahead. Be led. led. Hallelujah. Being led is to be a constant part of our life. And to be led, I have to be consistently responsive to the Holy Spirit. I have to be sensitive. And in order to be sensitive and responsive to the Holy Spirit, my reborn human spirit has to be strong. In uh, Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, notice this, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, search in all the inward parts of the belly or of the spirit. The New English Bible says the human spirit is like the lamp of the Lord searching all his innermost parts. The spirit of man. Searching all of his innermost parts. King James says uh, his belly. Anywhere in scripture where you see that, that phrase, especially in the King James belly, it's referring to spirit. John chapter 8 and verse 37, Jesus, remember he said, uh, if any man believes on him, out of his belly would flow rivers of living water. Out of his spirit. The Holy Spirit contacts us through our spirit. He doesn't contact us through our mind. He doesn't contact us through our body. And the reason is those two uh, uh, parts of us, can be manipulated. The enemy cannot manipulate or counterfeit the leading of the spirit. For a simple reason, he has no access to your spirit. He has to put pressure on your mind and on your flesh to try to subdue your spirit. That's why, and this has been mistaught in some circles, and I, I want to teach it correctly. That's why when you sin, there are people that say, well, it doesn't matter because it was your flesh. It does matter, but it was your flesh. Right. It wasn't your spirit. Once you're born again, you never sin with your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're born again, now, now hear what I'm saying. Hear me carefully because I don't want you to go out here and say something I'm not saying. When, when, when you sin as a believer... You hurt your relationship with God, but you don't end your relationship with God. Because you are of God. And that's why scripture says that when when you sin and you repent and you're forgiven, that you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. Notice it didn't say you became unrighteous. Right? Right? See, what I do can affect me spiritually. But the enemy can't speak to me spiritually. He has no access. It's a closed system. So what does he do? He puts pressure on your mind and he puts pressure on your flesh. Because notice what he says. The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord. Some translations say the Lord's searchlight. In other words, when God begins to deal with you about something, He's going to deal with your spirit. Amen. And in order to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, my spirit has to have the ascendancy. My spirit has to have the upper hand. My spirit has to be the strongest. Amen. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. Oh, glory. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Notice here, the Apostle Paul says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now, that's an important word. Because it's, it means completely. Wholly. Or we could say, you're whole. And he does use that word. Holy and then he and then he talks about the different parts that make us whole and I pray God your whole spirit now This is a Holy Spirit inspired order. Don't get him out of order He says your whole spirit your whole soul and your whole body I've heard ministers and Christians say well, you know It's like the Bible says body soul and spirit. It's not what the Bible says Just because those are the three You do not have the right to put them in the order that you want them in. Scripture says your spirit is first. Why? Because that's what you are. You're a spirit. You're not a body and you're not a mind. You possess a mind and reside in a body. Now let me show you the the truth of this. King James especially says that uh, his spirit left him. Remember Jesus? He gave up the ghost. What's it say after he gave up the ghost? And died. Now why is that important? Because what gives your body life? Not oxygen. Not lungs. Not your heart beating. There's life that makes all that happen. There's a life force that's keeping your heart beating right now. There's a life force that keeps you breathing in, breathing out, seeing, hearing, everything that you do. There's a life force. It's your spirit. And the Bible says when the spirit leaves, the body's dead. Right? Isn't that what Scripture says? It says just like the body without the spirit is dead. Now, why is that so important? Because that's you. You are the Spirit. When you were born again, Scripture says that you were raised to new life. A new creature in Christ Jesus, created in the image of God. Well, you know that when you got born again, nothing here changed. Only you're just better looking after you were born again. Right? For some of us, that was a very good thing. But but the point is, so you can't look in the mirror and see God in the sense of God has uh, gray hair, brown hair, red hair, no hair, mustache, no mustache, beard. You, You understand what I'm saying. But inside, you're the spitting image of God. right now that's where God contacts you but he also said you have a soul your soul is your mind your will and your emotions alright look up the word mind in the dictionary and look up the word brain in the dictionary and you'll come to a very easy conclusion that they're two different things the Bible, the, the dictionary says that the mind is that part of man, the consciousness of man, that interprets the signals, or excuse me, that makes the decision, and then that the brain is the part of man that interprets the signals sent from the mind. It's a part of your awake consciousness. In the book of Luke, when the rich man and Lazarus, when they both died, and the rich man went to hell? Now you know this, but bear with me. What was he able to do? See, hear, feel, talk, be thirsty. Right? Does that sound like a conscious person? Was he conscious? For all intents and purposes, was he alive? Why? Because every person on this people planet is a spirit being. Their spirit is either alive unto God or dead to God. And every person has a soul. And every person has a body. When the believer dies, their spirit goes immediately to the presence of God. And their body goes into the grave. But they never lose their consciousness. When the sinner dies, their spirit goes to hell. Their body goes to the grave, and they never lose their consciousness. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, on the resurrection morning, when when the dead in Christ rise first, well, what happens? Their spirit and their glorified body are reunited. Amen. Amen. But the dead, the, the the wicked dead are also reunited with their body. And then they suffer for eternity. Think about that. This is so important. Because you've got to understand the three parts. God contacts you through your spirit, leads you through your spirit, but what happens if my mind has the ascendancy? What happens if my body is stronger alright because in between the spirit and the body is the soul it's the command center whoever wins the mind wins the game whoever you lend your mind to is who you're going to be led by amen and so if I'm constantly conscience led if I'm led by my mind if I'm led by By my emotions, if I'm led by my feelings, that can be manipulated. If I'm led by my body, that can be manipulated. My spirit can't be manipulated, because my spirit's directly in contact with God. Hallelujah. In order to be led by the spirit, my human spirit has to have the strongest voice. Of the three. Has to. See, because there's things he wants to lead me into. I've got to be able to hear what they are. There's manifestations he wants to bring me into. I've got to be able to hear what they are. Amen. Amen. Now we said, of course, that we're a spirit. So that means my spirit is comprised of the DNA of God. Amen. Amen. You will avoid things that trip up other people just by being led. Just by being led. I don't have to go through things I see other people go through. Because I can be led away from it, I can be led around it, I can whatever. That's so important. So we talked about our soul as our mind, our will, and our emotions. Well, Romans 12 says that your mind has to be renewed. Do not be conformed to this world. Squeezed into the mold of this world. You know, I've been seeing a lot of things in Scripture that I knew was there. But you know how many times the Bible warns against that? It talks to us and it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It doesn't say that you can't know unbelievers or, or, or have interaction with them. But it says, don't get close to them. Amen. Oh, Pastor, no, 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 no. It's Scripture. And then it goes on and says, for what Fellowship has light with darkness. Right? Why Why is that so important? He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What's the third thing in 2020 that we're pushing into? Transformation. Don't be conformed to this world, be transformed. How? By renewing your mind. so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, I can't prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God in many instances because it's spiritually discerned. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, that those things are discerned spiritually. If I'm trying to figure it out in my mind, I can't there's things I can't discern because they're spiritually discerned. I've got to discern them through my spirit. So my mind has to be renewed, and in a lot of cases, my mind has to be renewed, not just think different, but to think in these terms, to take second place, to take a back seat. As long as you're trying to figure it out, your spirit's not involved. Because I'm spending all my time wrapping my mind around this. Where's the spirit at? in that they think, think about this and I don't know that we think about this consistently you know I I know that under the old covenant even in the four Gospels that uh, uh they, they weren't born again they weren't spiritually alive but think about this for a moment the angel Gabriel comes to Mary who's never been married Never, according to scripture, been with a man. And yet the angel appears to her and says, you're going to have a child and he's going to be the son of God. And here's how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you and overshadow you. And that that shall be born inside of you is the son of God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Remember this? Be it unto me. According to your word. She was not spiritually alive. She couldn't be. Jesus had not died yet. Her faith, listen, what what happened? What does the Bible say? Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. Mary's faith was counted to her. You understand? And she could comprehend something spiritually and receive it even though she wasn't filled with the Spirit. But here's my point. It went against all reason. You can't figure that out in your head. You can't figure that out in your head now. You just got to believe what the Word says. If somebody showed up and said, I, I'm pregnant with a child and I've never known a man. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a virgin. You'd go, you crazy. If you are really pregnant, you are crazy. That's impossible. Wouldn't you? If, you, if you're smart, you would say that. You can't figure it out in your mind. That's why those things have to be spiritually discerned. I've even got to believe that now by looking at it in Scripture with my spirit. Because it's it's one of the great unfathomables of the Christian theology, the virgin birth. How in the world is that possible? It took God. But think about this. She, She had to consistently put her mind off of it and stay with what God said. And not only her, Joseph. Right? But think about that. You're trying to figure out how you're going to do it in your mind. You're, 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 you're excommunicating your spirit. My spirit's not involved in that. Amen. So my mind, my will, and my emotion. And then I have to bring my will in conformity to the Father's will. That's what Jesus prayed in Luke 22. You remember very familiar scripture. He said, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He brought his will in conformity with the Father's will. How did he do that? Jesus was spiritually alive. He brought his will under the control of his spirit. It wasn't just a decision he made. There are people on the sound of my voice. There's things you don't want to do anymore. And you've got to be led on how not to do them. Because it's not just enough to say I'm never going to do it. i got to be led on how to do it. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's, that's a pulling of my will under the control of my spirit. My body is the carrying case. Your body is the caboose not the engine we we don't use them nowadays on trains but the caboose always trailed the train its basic job was to carry the switchman it just trailed along beside it never pulled anything never pushed anything the engine did all the work your spirit is the engine your body is the caboose your body is really just supposed to go whichever direction your spirit goes And have no say about nothing. Amen. Amen. A lot of believers, they'll go to make a decision. And boy, their flesh is crying for something. I want it. I want it. I want it. And their spirit goes, yeah, but you don't really need it. Shut up. Right? You really shouldn't do that. Be quiet. Amen. But, but you keep conforming your will to His, and you keep renewing your mind, and you keep strengthening your spirit. Amen. Amen. Then your spirit will say, this is the direction we need to go. And your flesh will go, "Why well, have an opinion. Shut up. That's what you want. You want your spirit telling your flesh, shut up. Well, I just don't know what to do. You haven't spent enough time consulting your spirit. Amen. I'm helping you. Well, I'm, I'm believing for this, and, and I would like to see this this year. And you can see it, and you can have it, and you can walk in it, and, and it can develop for you. But it's go, I'm telling you, it's going to take time looking inward and turning inward and seeing what the Spirit's saying about it. See, you don't want to just go after something because that's what you want. And it's not the Spirit of God leading you just because you're emotional about it. And excited about it. Oh, and it would be nice. There's a lot of things that would be nice that the Spirit's not leading us into. You got to know what the Spirit's saying. Remember over and over again the Scripture, especially again in, in, in the book of Revelation. He says, hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. If any man have ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, people will say, well, that's talking to the seven churches of Asia Minor. It is. And it's also talking to the church here in DeSoto, and the church in Little Rock, and the church in Clarksville, and the church in Lee Summit, and the church in Ecuador, and the church in Africa. He's talking to all of our churches. He's saying, hear what the Spirit is saying. Right? Pastor, I need to know if this is the job I need to take. What's your spirit saying? Amen. Amen. Well, I've got a choice of, of two or three houses or four. And, you know, I, I just, I need to know which one's mine. Well, wh- which one is your spirit saying is yours? Amen. 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 Do you understand that? You march around something the Spirit isn't saying is yours and you're wasting your time. You can confess 13 pages a day about something that the Spirit is not witnessing is yours and you're wasting your time. Here's what you will do. You will eventually will yourself into something that the Spirit doesn't say is yours. And what you get into by your own will, you got to take care of out of your own resource. What I get into by the will of the Spirit, the Spirit helps me with. Hmm. Amen. Y'all okay? You awake? Amen. You, you understand that? When you, when you step into some place, you've got to fine-tune your spirit to where your spirit starts witnessing to you, is this mine or is it not mine? Am I supposed to be here or am I not supposed to be here? Why? Because you don't want to get on a plane with your spirit trying to get you to get off the plane, but he's going, get off, don't get on, no, get off. And your flesh is going, we're in a hurry, we got to get there, we got to go. Right? When you go to the airport, you want your spirit saying, don't you go. Why? No, I'm not going. Why are you not going? Just not. I'm not superstitious. Me either. I'm spirit obedient though. Hallelujah. Am I helping you with this? I want manifestations in your life. Amen. Amen. I want sickness out of your body. I want finances in your bank account. I want your life. Everything God wants it to be. I want you to live a victorious Christian life. How am I going to do that? By being led by the Spirit. Things that God wants to lead me into. See, am I helping you with this? Very often people get into this. Well, you know, we need a new one of these. And you know down yonder they have the best deals. So we're just going to go down there and and grab one. Now wait a minute. I'm, now I know there are people who say you don't have to pray about everything, and uh, let me just say this: I disagree. But I, I mean, I understand what they're saying. You know, if 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 you got a flat tire, you need a new tire. You don't have time to pray about. Do you need a new tire? Hey brother, we need to go get you a new tire. Wait a minute, yeah, bah ba No, you you that, that no, you need a new tire. All right. Now you you might be led where to go get them, but you need a new tire. Right? Amen. Amen. You following me? But here's, here's my point. Well, we're just, yeah, we're just going to go do it, and, and we're just, we're just going to go do this. And, and you can set your mind to just go do something and not consult your spirit. If it isn't anything but you say, Lord, is that the best place to go for this? Because that's where I'd like to go. I mean, that's where I've always went. But is that the best place to go? Well, why does that matter? Oh, it could, it could be the difference between getting a lemon and the best car you've ever had. Right. It could be the difference in walking into a house that has all kinds of things that you don't know are wrong with it and buying it and getting stuck with it or getting the best house you ever had that was perfect for you and your family. Amen. But we just got to have something. That is, that is one of the worst things that you can do. I got to make a decision today. We, we are cramped in this house. We are cramped in this apartment. Ah, I, I got to get my family out of here and I got to do it now. No, you don't. You got to do it when you're led to do it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know my situation. Yeah, but I know what can happen if you try to fix your situation without the Spirit leading you. Amen. Amen. Follow me? Hallelujah. I want to be led. I want to be led. And and remember something. The, the, The Spirit doesn't make you anxious, worried, fretful, upset. well, but you know, we've been living here all these years. It's about time for an upgrade. Says who? Well, you know, I can have whatever I say. You can. But you want to be saying what the Spirit wants you to have. You don't want to just be saying out of yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, let me say this. When... uh, but the, the Lord some time ago gave Pastor Michelle and I clearance to start looking for a house again. A number of years he told us uh, not to, uh, we were doing some things. And, and basically we needed to be mobile. And, and he said, I, I want you to, to not have a house for a while. And, and, and there were some other areas involved in that, and in, and including us coming out of debt and doing the things that we did. And, uh, but here some time ago, he began to put on our heart to have a house again. And he didn't just say a house. He said a brick house. Amen. So what I do, I put down on my house list our beautiful brick home. That's all I had. That's what he said. See, a lot of people, confession doesn't work for them because they're just confessing out of their head. They're not confessing out of their spirit. What did God say in your spirit? Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And uh, we, were, we were looking at homes, and, and we went to this one. It was, it was nice and big. You know, we went to a big home. We got a lot of grandkids and a lot of kids. You got a lot of kids, you get a lot of grandkids. I love it. Amen. Got another one on the way. Philip James on the way. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's liable to be the best-looking kid yet. <laughs> because of his mother. So uh, anyway, praise God. <laughs> uh, we were looking and, 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 and I noticed something after the fact because uh, we had talked about it and, and, and even had an inspector come out and, and it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything we wanted to be involved in, so we, we got out of it. But, you know, I noticed something. The Lord had set a brick home. Well, you pull up to that home and the front was brick and and the one side was brick and the back was brick, but you go over to the other side and it was all siding. And the Lord said, that wasn't all brick, was it? See, it was nice, but it wasn't His will. Now, the one we've signed the contract on, we walked into it and immediately we knew this is our home. All brick. Everything taken care of. Everything we want. Amen. All brand new stuff. Because God doesn't lead you into junk. Amen. If you're listening. Amen. You know, you don't need to be led not to buy a car if you go start it up and it goes. Don't buy the car. Don't don't buy the car. God's not trying to get you to do a miracle either. He just, right? You get in that car and it feels like a T-model Ford hitting on two. You don't know, you you don't want anything to do with that car. Will God lead you to the vehicle you need? Or what the one you want? The perfect one you want. With the amenities you want. He will, won't he? But you, right? You got to lose car fever. You got to lose house fever. I want it fever. The spirit within you never gets in a hurry. And if you'll learn to listen, he'll get you where you need to be in the best possible manner with the best possible outcome. I, I trust I'm helping you. Amen? Well, you know, Pastor, you know, is, is it God's will for me to go into debt or to, to finance something? Listen, listen, listen to me. You've got to be led there. There are people that will come out and just pretty much say debt is sin. Well, I'm not going to tell you debt's sin. I've never told you right. debt was sin. I've told you if God told you not to go into debt, it's sin. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. If an opportunity comes up for you to finance something and, you're, and you've got a check right here, don't you do it. Don't you sign the papers. Don't even go in the office. Because you've got a check. In your spirit. Amen. What are we being led by? Spirit. spirit. Well, what if I'm praying and I get a release? Then go ahead. Amen. Sign up. But don't sign up out of your head. Because your head will be looking at the contract, going, oh, we can make the payments. We can make the payments. Right? We can, right? We can make the payments. Right? And your spirit's going, no. Don't do it. Shut up. We can make the payments. Now we're all you know why we're all laughing? Because we've all done it. <laughs> Me too. Dear God, I, brought, I bought a car one time. Is it okay if I share this with you? I got about 10 minutes. I bought a car one time and, and oh my Lord, we were, we were broke. And I was taking my daughter to a, a private school at the time all, all the way out over in Missouri. It's the only one I could find. And uh, uh, needed a car. And I went down to a dealership and I, to this day, I don't know how they finagled me into that. But next thing I know, I'm driving home in this new car with payments I can't make. I'm upside down and I haven't made the first payment. I wasn't led. I see those cars on the road today and I I get sick. And my wife and I'll see one and I'll go, honey, we're free. We're free. (laughs) I never liked that car. There's not one enjoyable moment in that car. I hated the car. When I would come out to get in, I wanted to kick it. I, I, I hate this, I hate this brand new car. Yeah, but it's got XM radio. I hate the radio. I hate the seatbelt. I hate it. Hey, Amen. Why well, I sold that thing upside down in that thing. Sold it for the full Kelly Blue Book value. And it was still $3,000 $3, my responsibility to pay. Why did I get upside down in that car? I wasn't led by the Spirit. Amen. 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 Yeah, but it was brand new. And I hated it. Did I mention I hated it? <laughs> I hated that car. Hallelujah. I just... Let's go drive it in the river, something. (laughs) Oh, when'd you buy that car? I hate that car. Now, that sounds simplistic, but think about that. The Bible says that God gave you richly all things to enjoy, not hate. It doesn't matter if you got the finest house on the block and you're sitting there knowing you weren't led to it. Because then everything... The Holy Spirit is the grease in the gears. And if you're trying to do it without the Spirit, you're grinding the gears. And that's painful. And that's hard. And that produces friction which produces heat, which produces destruction. Amen. I've had people ask me before, well, why haven't you, know, you made a push for a bigger place before now? I wasn't led. Yeah. Right. I've learned over the years to be very satisfied where I'm led to. Amen. Yes. And there'll always be people that say, well, you know, I don't know if I agree with you. Well, that's fine, you're not being led for me. Am I helping y'all? Jamie might be led to do something, and I may not think it's right, but he's being led. My question should not be, you really think you're doing the right thing. My question should be, are you being led? And if he goes, yes, Pastor, I believe I've got a witness in the Spirit. Okay, then I'm out. It's none of my business. You're being led. Because your opinion can stop the leading. Amen. Right? That's why, what did Paul say? He said, when I heard from the Spirit, what did he say? I conferred no more with flesh and blood. That doesn't mean you don't take people's opinion or you stop talking to people. When you know God said, and you've been led by the Spirit, that's that's the end of it. I told y'all, when the Lord asked us, to base our life basically out of Little Rock. you got to understand something. I never thought that would happen. I have lived happily in this city for 25 years, almost 26. Amen. I'm glad I was living here when we won the Super Bowl. Amen. And regardless of what Earl thinks, we are the world champions. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the point, see, I'm led. He's going by feeling. <laughs> anyway, anyway, when God started dealing with me about that, I drugged my feet. And I've been very transparent about that. Because I, I grew up the son of a traveling minister. I learned to hate travel early on. Amen. Because you, 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 you'd preach somewhere for three nights. And then you'd get in the car and you got to start another meeting the next night a thousand miles away. Well, that means you've got to drive all night. Right. Well, you've got to drive all night with a wife and two kids. Guess where the wife and two kids get to sleep? In the car. Amen. Fast food, bad sleeping. Oh, my goodness. The greatest joy of my life was when I had to quit traveling. And I had no desire to start back up. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord began, you'll remember the Lord began with us traveling back and forth. I let my wife travel back and forth. Oh, pastor, that's bad. I know. But I let her travel back and forth. She enjoyed traveling. She, uh, we had that house out in the country. She enjoyed being out in the country. I didn't particularly enjoy being out in the country. I liked Whole Foods right down the road. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you about being led. Right here, I knew what I was being led to do. and I'm fighting against it. Well, right? What's the church going to think? What's this going to think? Who's going to think this and what's going to think that and who's on second and who's on first and And finally one day I was running and I ran by this house and and it's interesting I wasn't even thinking about Little Rock I wasn't thinking about being in the will of God I was happily disobedient I was just (laughs) running down the road (laughs) I figured if he really asked me I'd go huh what you've been talking and I looked at a house and I said Lord that's a nice house I said I'd like a house like that and I mentioned the time and he goes well you're supposed to be in Little Rock anyway and then he said and you're two years behind and then he said what are you gonna do about it well now I'm being led (laughs) before I was just being disobedient now I'm being led and you know why here's the thing in my disobedience people were getting saved People were getting healed. Lives were being changed. The church was growing just like it is now. Amen. Amen. The television ministry was taken off. People were getting saved in Little Rock. And I'm in disobedience. Because God will always bless you to the extent that He can wherever you're at. Amen. Amen. But here's, here's what the point I wanted to get to. Not just to tell you how disobedient I was. Yeah, I told you, Myrtle, I told you he's been disobedient. <laughs> what did he preach on today? I don't know. Something about disobedience. Anyway, man, we, we got everything lined out. And uh, I knew there were people I had to tell that I'm leaving, people that I love, people that I care about. Amen. And so I met, I met with a person that I care very deeply for, very very dear to my heart, has changed my life in more ways than one. And I met with them, and, and, and uh, uh, we went to a nice restaurant. You know, I want to I deliver the news in a good setting. So we were talking, and finally it got down to it. Have you ever, have you ever just kicked your toe in the dirt, and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out a way not to say what you know you need to say, and, right? And so finally we were getting close to the inn, and, and he had ate his dinner and sucked every bone on the plate, and, you know, and, and picking his teeth, so now you know, we get... He don't eat dessert, so. And I finally looked at him. I said, I need to tell you something. I said, I've been holding back telling you this. I said, but the Lord has dealt with me to, 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 to move to Little Rock. And I said, I, you know, we're going to pastor both churches, but I've, I've got to do this. And, and I said very plainly, I said, because the Lord has told me. He knew I heard from God. He knew I was able to hear from God. Well, he got mad at me. And uh, let me know that he didn't agree with me well now see I got a choice here am I going to keep being led or be moved well I left that meeting and and it was not like we normally left meetings normally we left meetings hugging each other and and he just walked out got in his car and left I knew he disagreed with me but listen to me I'd heard from God I'm not saying that to to feel bad for me. I'd heard from God. When when you've heard from God, your feelings are secondary, tertiary, fourth or fifth. Because I've heard from God. See, because where where was all that other information coming from? My head. And I look across this room today and there are people that will probably not be here today if we had been disobedient to what God told us to do. Because every act of obedience... Uh, affects you and every act of disobedience affects you. I did not intend to, to teach on this part of this for so long. But you understand what I'm saying? When, when you get moved by how things feel, by what people say, by their opinions. I've had people say, "Why? Well, I, I don't understand why God had to move you there. Listen, it's not for you or me or anybody else to understand. I don't understand why people don't come to church. Right? right? I mean, if you ask them they'll tell you, but doesn't mean I believe it or agree with it. Right? Everybody's not going to understand it. When when we went to plant the church in Clarksville. We had a lady that was coming to church here and, and she was standing out in the foyer just puking unbelief all over everybody. I don't understand why we gotta go, why he's gotta go start a church in Clarksville. Because I stood right here and said, the Lord told us. Well, you know, well, here's Larry and you all know Pastor Larry, you know Debbie and all this is his family over here. Y'all know that. Them Davis people. Amen. We like the Davises. But you know, there are lives that have been changed Amen. because of that church, that, the faithfulness of that couple, not, not, not the least of which is his own mother. His, you know, Pastor Larry's mom was real sick, and she's been getting a hold of the Word, and the Lord's been helping her. And she's been able to be in church Wednesday and Sunday, hearing the Word. Amen. His aunt Jewel was was Jewel right, Uh, Edie right was diagnosed with cancer. But the Lord healed her, sitting under the Word. The Lord healed her. Amen. There's been people that have come off the street with addiction and different problems. Here's the point. It it doesn't matter if it ever exploded in growth they, they have gradually increased from being in the hotel to another building to this building and they've remodeled it and it looks so beautiful and he's on fire for God he went from being a concrete man with no hope he went from being an angry drug addicted person that didn't care about anybody else to the full-time ministry Amen. in the full-time ministry in a church that people can't figure out how he's in the full-time ministry. Amen. But God meets their needs. Yes. Amen. Why? Because we're led. Now let me share, can I share one more thing with you about that? And I'll be done. It's 12, I know. I haven't finished my notes, I'm not going to try. When they were, when we were first thinking about them going, uh, praying about it, we had a date picked. And man, the more I prayed about it, I just couldn't get clear in my spirit. Now, I'm, I'm telling you how important this kind of thing can be, of who you're listening to. And I remember the Sunday afternoon, I talked to him. And I said, guys, I said, I know that we had this plan. I said, but the more I pray about it, the less I'm certain that this is the right time. I said, I keep hearing in my spirit, we need to wait a year. And I knew I'd heard from God. Your hearing from God affects people around you. Amen. And I remember both of them dropped their head, and they looked back up at me, and they said, Pastor, we trust your hearing from God. We'll wait a year. And you know they did. But when, after they waited that year, and went there, and Marie had a job waiting on her in the school district. Larry got a job right away in the beginning at, at the hotel that, that, they, that we had the church in, being the maintenance guy. God has met their needs. They bought a house. Now, I'm not putting the focus on me. I'm saying, think about this. You need to be around people that are hearing from God. Amen. Not making decisions for you based on what they think is best for you. When I sent them, I sent them away with tears. They're going to start a church because we believe God told me. Well, thank God. God does what He promised you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand up, everybody. We didn't get into all of it. But you know what? We'll be back. Amen. Amen. And of course, tonight, we're going to have a wonderful time together. And uh, uh, be with us if you can. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God's good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father. And uh, things, the Lord says, shall surely begin to accelerate, and things shall surely begin to come to you not only quicker, but in a greater measure. For this season that you've entered into is a season of receiving. And the Lord says it is a season, if you believe it, of assured. Receiving. It can be, if you will exercise your faith, it can be a time where as in the past for many it's been hard for them to receive in the season that you're in, if you'll believe me, it'll be hard for you not to receive. Because the first part of this year has received that loaded portion that was prepared the last part of 2019, the last four months. Step into, the Lord says, all of it. Receive all of it. Walk in all of it. Take all of it. Leave nothing behind. For this is... THE GREATEST YEAR OF YOUR LIFE EVER. THANK YOU, FATHER. I BELIEVE GOD. I BELIEVE GOD. (laughs) THANK YOU, JESUS. THANK YOU, LORD. WELL, PRAISE GOD. I BELIEVE GOD. AMEN? WELL, COME ON, SAY IT WITH ME TODAY. THE VISION OF OUR CHURCH WILL ALWAYS BE TO BUILD PEOPLE'S FAITH And frame their world by the word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.